The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. All right, everyone, it is Wednesday, October 18th, the bye week. I was telling Billy Ray I'm more of a hello week kind of guy. So hello, Billy Ray, and hello to the Sons of Saturday listeners. Billy Ray is down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, actually at my home right now. He's not here. Yeah, I am not there. There's this bar at uh, in in Chapel Hill called He's Not Here. I am not there. I am in New Jersey. I got a big wedding this weekend. EJ, DaCosta, and Beth Bonnie are getting married in Spring Lake, New Jersey, heading on down there tomorrow. I'm, I'm wow. in a wedding. It's going to be a big, a big weekend. I got to tell you guys, it is our bye week. Having the bye week on week eight, we could talk about this off the top, Billy Ray. I yeah. tweeted about this last night. Everyone was hyping up week eight in August. Adam Brenneman did a whole reel on Instagram. You guys, if you have a wedding on week eight, it's going to be a brutal day. A lot of people are going to be around TVs. And then he listed off all the games. Florida State's playing Duke. That's a big game. I hope Riley Leonard is healthy. Tennessee is playing Alabama. That's a big game. But wouldn't say it's as big as we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, both of those teams have one loss, but I don't really think Tennessee is the Tennessee that folks thought uh, they would were going to be. And uh, Alabama has certainly had their struggles as well. Obviously, the game of the week, where the once a, uh, once a once upon a Saturday tour is going, is in Columbus. You got Penn State at Ohio State. Ohio State's like a, a three and a half or four point favorite. Other than that, uh, are you are you are you calling this an epic slate that you know schedule your life around it? Because I'm I'm fine. I'm gonna be listen. There's no hooky football to miss. Um, I'm gonna be fine. Not huddled around a TV. I will be checking the score of the Penn State game. Um, it's an above average week. Uh, if you go back and you look, I mean, Tennessee, Alabama doesn't have the playoff implications at this point that we thought it was going to have. Um, I mean, you got USC, Utah, which is not much of a game. Yeah. Clemson, Miami, you were probably interested in like week one and we're going to talk about this later, but Clemson's playing for a little bit of pride now, which is so weird to say in mid October. Um, I'm kind of interested to see the North Carolina Virginia game. Virginia's had North Carolina's number for a while. Um, 
we're also going to talk a little bit about North Carolina. Look, it's the bye week. We can talk about whatever we want. Uh, that's why I've texted you like six times this week. Hey, I can't wait for our podcast because we can literally we can literally do whatever we want. Um, and guys, just just so you know, this content right here, this is bonus content. It okay? is. It you is. Know, we didn't we didn't have to be here tonight. So, no. uh, just just as a uh, as an exchange for our services this evening, please like the video. <laughs> yeah. Please to the video please subscribe to the channel please leave a comment uh if it you know if if it's a nice comment yeah no good that's that's actually a perfect we, transition we never we never asked for likes and subscribers honestly ever we, just, we, we just kind of forget we just hope and we, we do we do read them and i have to say so i'm shocked that it took us this long to get here we've been doing this for like five years um We've been doing hokey haikus for a long time. And honestly, after our win against Pittsburgh, in the back of my head, I made a mental note. And I said, somebody is going to say something about the poems. The poems the, the poems are getting crazy. And I love them. But if I'm jumping into the video for the first time and we're doing nine or ten poems, I, I might be hitting skip. So my cut loans on YouTube, thank you for the comment. He says, I enjoy your guys' stuff. And thank you for putting out good content. You're welcome. And thank you for the comment. I know it is your stitch, stick. but this haiku stick. thing, stick. stick. You meant to but say this stick. haiku thing is a little bit UVA. I disagree. Poetry and PBR just don't fit together. Go Hokies. So we're going to meet you halfway, Mike Hut loans. Um, we're going to take out a mortgage and we're going to pay out our haikus over time. So we will keep the haikus at the beginning of the podcast to three maximum, and the rest of them will be nicely nestled into our Sharky shoutouts uh, area. So this means that if you want to submit a haiku, you are now jockeying for position yep. for that top three. So this actually might up the game of some of the haikus. Not that you guys don't have great haikus. I think you guys have phenomenal haikus. Um, but there can only be three read at the top of the episode. Please keep them coming though. I do want to say though, please, like we love, I I love doing them. They're fun. See, look at it. Look, his comment got us talking about poetry for 10 minutes at the beginning of the podcast. Um, But I I, I very much love them. We got three total this week. So we have the first one at the top and we have the other two at the bottom. Um, But we're going to go. I think we have to read Grady B's now. Okay. We already brought up Mortgage Mike. Okay. So we got to bring up Grady B's retort, which I found fantastic. And I said we would read it off the top. Hit it. No fun mortgage Mike. <laughs> Rising rates have bummed him out. <laughs> Long live the haikus. <laughs> Grady B. Well Treasure. done. The uh the rates are bad. Um so the rates are horrible. So are I would bad. be bummed too. I'm actually bummed not as a mortgage guy, but still still bummed. We are going to spend very little time talking about um Virginia Tech football. Um, but we do have just a couple things we want to share before we dive into our talking points. I just want to talk about the season so far. This season has been like the Shane Beamer of football seasons. I mean, we have had some highs, we have had some lows, we've had some middles. Um, the only meme that I can think of when I put out my tweet about basically, if you would have told me we are we are where we are right now after the Marshall game. It'd be like that meme at the uh, hot wings and hot, uh, hot. I don't know which one it is. The um, 
hot ones where he goes, look at us, look at us. Can you believe it? Not me. That's kind of, that's kind of where we're sitting right now. Um, but I've had fun. I, I'll tell you what, we were talking about this earlier today. I, I feel much better than I did after the game. I, I'm not really used to winning in Blacksburg. Uh, Blacksburg has just quite frankly been kicking my ass. I, I wake up on Sunday and it's just like we wake up after the pit game and after the Wake Forest game, we literally wake up and then we'll call 10 people and we'll just be like, dude, this was like one of the best weekends in Blacksburg ever. Hands down, like it was a movie in Blacksburg. And they were all great weekends, but I think some of that has to do with we've just missed winning at home. We certainly have. And let's let's look at this. Let's play devil's advocate. The schedule at home this year, not necessarily what I would call a murderer's row. That doesn't matter. Throw out the records. Historically, uh, I, you know, I guess the past decade, we have not been great at home. And to see a team win two conference games in a row at home and looking at the outlook, the five games we have left, the ones that come to Lane Stadium, I'm feeling good about the ones on the road. We'll see. I said this in the last podcast, big opportunity in Louisville, big opportunity up in Chestnut Hill, big opportunity in Charlottesville uh, for this staff to get their first power five road win. Uh, You know, we got to talk baby steps, but I think it's also, it's fair to set, you know, some solid lofty expectations for this totally different team that we've seen, uh, seen these last few weeks. So we took a we took two pieces of data um, that we have just as observations for a midseason ish check in. Um, do you want to you want to share those data points? We deep dive the Hokies all the time, um, but here are two things just during the bye week that really stood out uh, stood out to us. You want to start with number one? Yeah, I will say that we've had a really 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 challenging time on third down, and this was early in the season. Mm-hmm. And this has been the last few games as well. You look at the box score and we're converting, you know, between three and six times on third down throughout the entire course of the game. Um, Currently we are 123rd in the country out of 130 teams for third down conversion rating at 30.9%, which is quite frankly, very, very, uh, very low, not good. Um, Pittsburgh game, I think we converted three. Um, and thankfully, we had work. We were working with the, or not the Pittsburgh game. I'm sorry, the Wake Forest game. We were working with a short field, uh, a good handful of the possessions due to turning them over. Um, but that is something that is going to need to improve. And thankfully, as we have mentioned, we are pretty solid on fourth down. Uh, we are batting more than 500, greater than 500 on uh, on fourth down conversions. It's because we have more established run game and Kyron Jones gives us an option. Um, and you know, he's like Logan Thomas out there. He can get you that extra yard in a short yard situation. The other statistic that I just thought was interesting is our pass defense. Uh, we have the seventh ranked pass defense in the country as of uh, post week seven. And we're allowing, allowing just under 170 yards through the air uh, per game. Now, this statistic is slightly skewed. We have not necessarily played uh, that many teams that have an aggressive passing attack. And we have one of the worst 
uh, run, run defenses in the power five, you know, as we have seen against uh, you know, Pittsburgh with their long plays, Florida State uh, with their long plays, uh, Marshall, you guys know the story. This is not a surprise. Um, but I do find it interesting that um, that our pass defense has been so good. We've not been beat in the passing game. Think about how many times we've been beat over the top. Very few. Um, and you got to tip your cap to uh, our folks in the secondary and uh, Coach Cheetah uh, because, and Coach Prelu. I mean, they've been doing a great job, and our guys have been lock sol- uh, rock solid in those roles. Completely agree. I think in this Wake Forest game, <clears throat> and honestly, Florida State, um, we went against more so Florida State, but um, it was basically like, look, teams are going to run the ball on us. They don't have to pass the ball. Wake Forest is in a position they needed to pass the ball. They weren't able to. Um, the one area that Tech just has to get better at is is forcing turnovers. I think we've done a phenomenal job uh, not turning the ball over, but that turnover margin just quite frankly needs to be better. Um, so trending up, trending, trending up, up this week, heading in the right direction. Um, and the fumble this past week against Wake Forest, a little bit of a freak situation. Um, defensive back did a great job putting his head on the ball. Um, and I, if I were to tell Basil Tootin to do something to avoid that, I would have to tell him to stop trying to run people over. And I'm never going to tell Basil Tootin to stop running people over because I love when he does that. So um, really good play by the defensive back. Um, but I think in that department, that's going to be where we make a difference. Last week, you know, we could talk about the Wake Forest game for another hour if we wanted to, but we already did that. Um, complimentary football, all phases of the football game. And, uh, that's how we went out and, and won. So, um, love that. Before we jump, uh, jump into the ACC and kind of just around college football, I think, I think it would make sense to just talk about what is different about the football team now, as opposed to, you know, four or five weeks ago, um, you know, offensively. I know, I know that the changes that we made on defense, like we we've, we've made some talk, uh, but I want to talk about offense first because it's it's truly uh, so different from what we saw at Rutgers, so different than what we saw against Marshall. Um, but you have to tip your cap to Kyron Drones and how great of a fit he has been in this Tyler Bowen offense, um, specifically at home. Pete B put this on the timeline this week and got me fired up, but drones in lane stadium is completing 62.5% of his passes. It's 35 of 56, 10 and a half yards per pass attempt, 589 yards passing 115 yards, rushing seven total touchdowns and 180.3 passer rating. What really stands out there. One is completion percentage is pretty solid. Um, but the seven touchdowns to zero interception interceptions ratio and you know you bringing up the turnover last week you know maybe you want to touch on this but um, drones is really good at taking care of the football uh, when he's making decisions i know there's been a few throws that have been slightly errant or you know you're holding your breath because you know there's a risk of it getting picked off but um you know his ability to i don't even want to i i guess we could call him I, I don't think it'd be crediting him, him enough to call him a game manager. Um, but I do think that he's put us in a position to win. He's put us in a position to, um, to dominate and control time of possession, especially at home. And then uh, I think his ability to run the football when we need him to, 
opens up his passing game so much and also opens up the opportunity for Basil Tootin to get open in the screen game and catch four or five balls a game and uh, really make an impact there. Um, but what do you think about Drones' performance so far? Um, anything that stood out to you that I didn't mention? Because um, I'm really impressed with what I've seen. No, I think to your game manager point, and this clip's been circulated around uh, since we talked about it on Wake, uh, the Wake post-game press press conference, post-podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Um, he has done, as he matures in the offense, he's not going out there and being given like, hey, go out there and do this. Um, you're seeing him being able to adjust on the fly. You're seeing him play with confidence. You're seeing him play with a swagger that we haven't seen at the quarterback position since Hendon Hooker in 2019. Um, and I think the biggest thing that stands out to me, uh, and I know it's another thing we're going to talk about later, is this is a completely different football team visually, not the, the scores of the game, not you know the stats at the end of the game, from how excited and how much swagger this football team plays with. When we first saw it against Pittsburgh, you were like, whoa, who are these guys? And you saw it again. You saw it on the interception for Derek Canteen. You saw the entire team rally around him when before you'd get a turnover, you'd get off the field on fourth down or third down. You didn't see that spark, that excitement, that personality that um, you expect from a team um, that has the coaching staff that it has, has the personalities that it has. And I just think over time, we're a young football team and leaders are starting to emerge personalities are starting to emerge and winning is fun. So that's really jumped off the screen to me is, is whether it's Kyron drones ability to do this, whether it's a team thing, a coaching thing. Um, the team just looks different from a personality standpoint. It's giving much more golden retriever than it's giving like house cat. Um, I, I guess that's the really only comparison that, uh, that I can give. And I love it. I, I, I think it has, I think it has elevated this football team. The throw that Kyron drones made on Saturday, 704 Andrew on Twitter pointed this out. Um, it's early in the fourth quarter, first down initial read is Jalen lane. Uh, who's in motion to the left for the sprint out route. And uh, one of the ends for wake forest is closing in on drones. Drones. There's this awesome sidestep to miss the pass rusher. And finds his second read, which is Tucker, and just throws an absolute dart to him past the sticks. Tucker gets 15. Uh, just, you know, if you had showed me this, you know, Purdue game or Rutgers game or Marshall game, I would be like, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if, if Jones is ready to make those throws yet. But you've just seen a, a steady incline of Kyron Jones as a passer every single week. That was an unbelievable pass. And, uh, you know, this isn't the only one. I mean, the Jalen Lane slant touchdown, obviously another uh, fantastic pass from Jones. We didn't go long that much last week um, against Wake Forest, but um, I, I really like what I'm seeing. And we got five more games of it, and I'm really fired up. Um, on the defense, I know that some of the biggest changes that were made, um, I know Monsoor Delane is – He's playing safety. How much of an impact do you think he's had uh, on the defensive game plan just being moved into the safety position? Uh, it's hard to say because the, the defensive backfield has been so consistent. Um, I, I do think that he has probably settled in to where he can be more effective now that he knows that's primarily where he's going to be. 
Um, it's it's got to be difficult to switch from position to position each week. Um, but for me, the, the biggest difference, honestly, is just how we've played up front um, against Pittsburgh and against Wake Forest. I mean, you hold Wake Forest, I believe it was like one yard per rush. Uh, if you're able to do that, man, you put yourself in such a such a better position, getting teams in second and longs, third and longs. And, um, you know, for as bad as that, as we have been on third down, we've held other teams to poor third down conversions as well. Wake Forest was three of 14 on third down. They were one of three on fourth down. You saw them try to get into that kind of tush push Philadelphia Eagles formation. It wasn't, it wasn't happening. So I I think uh, the defensive line deserves a tremendous amount of credit, not just for pressuring the quarterback, but being more gap oriented and stopping the run. Um, so that's, that's, that's another point too. Confirming he did play. Did he play safety on Saturday? Believe that he did play safety on Saturday. Um, another observation. I'm not sure if I mentioned this uh, on the post game podcast was Kelly Lawson did not start at linebacker. Um, he played the majority of the game, but he did not start at linebacker, but look all in all the team's getting better. It's what you want to see over the course of a year. Um, gone from crawl to walk to we're kind of jogging now let's see if we can run down the stretch every single game on the rest of the schedule is absolutely winnable um and i'm excited to see us compete should we talk about the atc i got one more thing okay um is this we'll find out next week but has this defensive line turned a corner um I know we had seven sacks last week. That was not necessarily a world-beating offensive line at Wake Forest that we were going up against. Um, APR dominated the fourth quarter, um, but you know, is this is this where the defensive line has turned a corner? Um, versus, you know, are they going to come back down to earth? I think that's what remains to be seen, and that's an area of focus that we'd really like to see uh, stay con- consistent here over the next few weeks. I mean, 13 tackles for loss, <clears throat> pressuring the quarterback, um, no huge gash runs. Um, and I think that's what's beautiful about this schedule. Like, again, there is no there is no Duke. There is no Miami. There is no Clemson. There is no North Carolina. So every single one of these games are going to be against teams that are either vying for a bowl, bowl spot uh, and Louisville. So... <clears throat> You know, we got a we got an awesome opportunity here for the rest of the year to build up some momentum for next year and continue to grow as a team. So um it's gonna be a roller coaster. It it really, really is. And I think we're hitting our stride at the right time. I saw, I believe Ricky Blue put out an article about does the bye week come at an unfortuitous time? I don't think so. I think I think this team has, you know, you beat Pittsburgh, then you have to go to Florida State. You beat Wake Forest, you get a bye, and then let's see what the rest of the season holds. So going to be really interesting. I was going to save this point for later. Um, it's very it's very funny to see that Virginia Tech is in a position to make the ACC look really, really bad. Um, so if Virginia Tech wins out. Yes, this is a big E. It, it, it is. It is. It is. Can I, can, I, can I talk it out? Can I just talk it out? Can I, can I just talk it out? Is that okay? I'm going to talk it out. I don't think yeah. Monster Delane played safety last week, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if Tech wins out, 
they go eight and four, and they're seven and one in the ACC. I would say that it's more than a possibility that Virginia Tech somehow is playing in Charlotte. Let's say they just go four and one. They win every game except Louisville. You're seven and five, and you're six and two in the ACC. You're probably finishing one through, you know, one through four, maybe five in the ACC. So I'm thinking about like this innocent, like casual college football fan, right? The end of the year, he's probably betting on all the bowl games. He doesn't look every week. And he's saying, oh, wow, okay. Virginia Tech is back up towards the top of the ACC standings. They had a they had a pretty good year. Let me look at their schedule. What? Oh my gosh! <laughs> they played great in the ACC, but they lost to Purdue, who's horrible in the Big Ten. Rutgers, who's a middling Big Ten team, and a Sun Belt team in Marshall. So I just thought, I just thought that was funny that Tech is in a little bit of a position to uh, to make the ACC look uh, look bad. But um, who knows how it's going to uh, They're in a position. We're in a position where we can make the Big Ten look good. That's it. The Big, okay. The Big Ten and, and, and Marshall look good. Mm-hmm. Marshall and JMU playing this week. That's a big game. The big game. No JMU, 4-2 uh, Marshall. I think that's on Thursday night. Um, shifting over to the ACC in general, um, Dabo Sweeney. He is a hot-button topic for Virginia Tech fans. Uh, He had a quote this week. Uh, And again, Clemson, for the first time in, I don't know how long, is playing for pride in the month of October. And his quote was, We're at a point where if you don't go undefeated, you are losers. You are terrible. And that is just such a terrible mindset. And honestly, maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon. Sometimes the bandwagon can get a little too full. That is the one good thing about going through a little so-called adversity. You really find out who is with you and who is not. Let me preface this by saying, Dabo Sweeney absolutely should not have said this out loud. Should not have said it. Not a good thing to say out loud. You're going to get a lot of critiques. You're going to get a lot of pushback. You're going to get people angry. Let's let's put that in a box. Chick, chick, put it over the side. It's over in a box. I agree with him. I really do. College football being in a place, and this was my argument against the college football playoff for so long, was for certain programs, if you are not competing for a national title, they don't give a damn about you. And that bothers me. I think in the age of the playoff not existing, Duke is getting a ton more recognition for what they're doing this year. Um I think that a lot of programs, um, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the LSUs, um, USC to a lesser degree over the last decade, are at a point where like, no matter how good you are, if you have a really solid football team, if you're not competing for a national title, nobody really cares. And I'm thinking back at some of my favorite Clemson teams looking back, that Clemson team with Taj Boyd who played LSU in the Chick-fil-A Bowl in Atlanta, I love that team. And Clemson could be in a very similar situation where they finish with the same record. There's a lot of NFL talent on that roster and they're kind of being viewed as a failure. So um, I don't know. What were your, what were your thoughts on, on, on Dabo Sweeney's comments this week? This was the ultimate opportunity for SEC fans to just absolutely go nuts on Dabo. 
I can't hate what he said. I I think there's some truth to it. And sometimes you're not supposed to open your mouth about those sorts of things. I know uh, I did agree with Josh Pate um, on his show last night. He was talking about how Dabo cares a little bit too much about what others think and what others say. And unfortunately, sometimes you can tell that it gets under his skin and, you know, he'll, he will lash out at his own fans. Um, it's, it's something that you should probably not put out there, even if you think it, I mean, that, that that's just how it is. I don't know if you had similar thoughts. No, I, I agree. It's just, I'm excited for the expanded playoff because, you know, to the common football fan, they don't care what Clemson does the rest of the year. That's just a fact. Like if, if you're, if you're getting ready to watch college football, you're probably not interested in Clemson in the slightest. Um, you're probably not interested in Miami. Um, Miami lost a horrible, horrible game against Georgia tech and they lost the next week. Um, the college football fan who isn't a specific Miami fan, if they're out there, um, probably doesn't really care about Miami that much this year. And I, I don't think that that's good for the sport when some of these brands are getting to the point where people don't care about them if they're not necessarily competing for a national uh, national championship. I'll also say this. I might be in the minority here. <clears throat> I really like Dabo. I, I think what Dabo has done at Clemson is, is miraculous. Um, for the size of the school, um, the similarities to Virginia Tech, pre-national championship run after run after run. Um, I like Dabo. Um, I'll also say this. Dabo gets a lot of flack for um, this new spring church paying player situation. I hate to break it to you. Like most programs of that stature are doing that in some capacity. Uh, I think Virginia Tech fans probably have more animosity towards Dabo because it is specifically in our conference and he has stood in the way of ACC teams uh, rising to national prominence because quite frankly, Clemson has been so good. So I mean, um, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Not just ACC teams, national rising to national prominence, but recruits that, you know, are coming out of our own backyard and going there uh, instead. Mm -hmm. uh, the Clemson has won a national championship prior to the Dabo era. Yeah. Back in the eighties, but still like tech and Clemson were so comparable in the 2000s to 2010 range uh, up yes. until around 2014. Yeah. And I know people will compare us to Clemson and Clemson was us um, prior to Clemson becoming Clemson. And that's why right. a lot of that resonates. Um, yeah. The size of the school, I don't think that's an, any limitation either. Yeah. They have over 20,000 undergrad enrollment. Um, but a couple miles uh, to the Northeast or to the East, Shane Beamer. Oh, man. A lot, lot, a lot came out of the state of South Carolina this week. Um, actually, it all came out on one day. And Shane did happen to have some conversation and some commentary about being frustrated and kicking something and breaking his foot. Uh, well, first, he had one of the, like, again, I love Shane. This is a weird situation where, <clears throat> welcome to my world. A lot of Virginia Tech people love Shane Beamer. I love Shane Beamer. And he's in a position where you can point at something and you could say, hey, not a great look, not a good idea. Um, and 
he has the really bad press conference following the Florida game where you hear him talking about basically, well, we called a blitz. We didn't run a blitz. Ultimately deflecting a lot of responsibility for the loss against uh, loss against Florida. Um, past that, you find out that he broke his foot kicking a Gatorade cooler after the uh, Florida game. Um, I really feel for Shane for a couple of reasons. Shane, to me, as a non-South Carolina fan, has exceeded expectations at South Carolina. I think South Carolina is one of the most difficult places to win in the country. You have a fan base who has incredible expectations. And you are needing to recruit against Clemson, Georgia, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia Tech. And you're, regardless of if you won last year, you're the second most attractive team in the state of South Carolina. And Um, they got to play Clemson every year. mm -hmm. And if I recall correctly, their cross divisional game in the SEC has been Texas A&M every year. Yeah. It is a really really difficult place to win football games. Um, And, you know, his first two years, you probably meet expectations in year one. You feel like you're ahead of the road in year two. And um, on Hot Wings and Hotter Takes, Bryce correctly predicted that Clemson would finish outside of the top 10, but he did slip up in saying that South Carolina was going to take their place in the top 10. I don't know if Bryce looked at South Carolina's schedule before he said that, um, I predicted them to win six games. I'd be surprised if they get there. Their win total preseason was six and a half. They have two wins currently with at Missouri this week, at Texas A&M coming up, Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Clemson. So they get to have their last four games at home. I don't know where you find four wins in that. I really don't. Um, Jacksonville state, let's chalk that up to a win Vanderbilt. I think they can pull that out. It's probably going to be close. Texas A&M is going to be playing. I don't want to say motivate a ball. Cause I don't know if they actually love, they're not going to be like, let's go win this one for Jimbo. Um, but Texas A&M is a, is a talented football team. Missouri is a talented football team. Clemson is going to be playing for pride and Kentucky's talented, even though they got their absolutely doors blown off by the university of Georgia, um, pre Brock Bowers injury. Um, so I say all of this to say, I really feel for Shane. Um, I hope he's able to pull this thing together. Um, I do think that in a lot of ways, the worst thing that happened to Shane was this. I wasn't going to say it. I'll say it. Um, early success really set expectations wrongly for him moving forward um coach fuente wins 10 games year one wins nine games in year two the ball falls off the table in year three and he's basically playing catch-up for the rest of his career from then and um you know obviously completely different situations different schools different rosters i understand that um but this is this is how crazy the college football world is i mean ever since he got mayonnaise poured on his head all the way up until the start of this year it's been Shane Beamer as an absolute wagon and he's really going through it right now. Yeah. I, I hope for nothing for the best or nothing but the best. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot of commentary on his tenure being an emotional roller coaster. 
Um, and some of that has to do with, you know, getting emotional in press conferences or in post game interviews, or just, you know, I don't, I'm not going to use the phrase wild man, but show wearing his heart on his sleeve yep. on the sideline. Um, you know, whenever he is in on, you know, on camera, honestly. Um, yeah. And he might say some brash things in press conferences, I love Shane. Um, I love Shane. I, and I would rather have that than, you know, a, a lot of what people didn't love about Coach Fu was his lack of emotion. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, and obviously the perfect thing is probably something in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting because when he gets to South Carolina and the SEC is exposed to him, I think there is a lot of who the hell does this guy think he is coming into the conference with Nick Saban, coming into the conference with Brian Kelly, coming into the conference with some of these older coaches who have won at a high level. This guy's never been a power five coach before. Hell, he's never even been a head coach at any program before. He sees the success and he gets to the point where everybody that isn't a South Carolina fan or Virginia Tech affiliated is probably rooting against you. Um, So... Yeah, I, I hope he can get this thing going in the right direction. Uh, and again, I can't say it enough. I really, I, I love Shane. Uh, I love that staff and, and I, I, I want him to figure it out. It's just been a, a house of, I mean, we're in October. We're a week and a half away from Halloween here. It's been a week of horrors uh, or a year of horrors so far for, for, for the Gamecocks. I want more mayonnaise baths. I want more turn my swag on videos. Mm-hmm. I want more Carol of the Bells at the midfield at Willie B with the LED lights as a conductor. I love that. I love the shtick. I think it's awesome. I think it's fun. That's why I love college football because college football is so fun. Um, and I really hope that Shane and his staff can can find some success. They had a hell of a year at the end of last year, uh, beating both t- Tennessee, which was an absolute wagon, and Clemson, ruining both of those teams playoff hopes in like back-to-back weeks or two out of three weeks, you know, finally getting the Clemson monkey off their back. Um, but it is going to be quite a challenge. And um, I will say, I'm glad where Virginia tech is right now. And uh, we've kind of totally done a, a 180 from where South Carolina was and where Virginia tech was over the last few weeks. But what is next Billy Ray? Yeah. So this next question is one that, um, I wrote down and then I answered it myself. I was like, I really haven't seen that many. So it's the best non-tech game that you've watched. I love going to Virginia Tech games. I have missed one. We've both missed one this year. We've been to every game except for Marshall. Um, But with going to Blacksburg, you don't see that many other college football games. Last week, there was the Oregon-Washington game. And every group chat that I'm in is just like, oh my gosh, game of the year. I can't believe I just had the courtesy of watching this. And I'm sitting there happy as a clam in Lane Stadium, but I'm a little bummed that I didn't because, get to see it. Because you're getting the texts and your tweets exactly. are firing off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, to answer this question, the best game that I got to see was Colorado-Stanford, and that's only because it started at like midnight on Friday night before um, – uh, before we went to the game, I, I had a hard time staying awake, but it was a fun. Uh, it was it was a fun game to watch. I think that's the best game that I've seen all year. Yeah, that, your boy had the your boy had the under. It was under fifty eight and a half, and Colorado. 
Colorado, Colorado takes a steamy 29 nothing lead into the halftime. I'm like, oh my gosh, this under is an absolute lock. And then all of a sudden, it absolutely wasn't. Um, uh, other than that, the USC Arizona game the week prior. Uh, we another, watched that at Lake Seminole, dude. We did. We watched that after getting home from uh, from Tallahassee. That was awesome. Other than that, like I didn't, you know, we didn't get to watch Washington, Oregon. I haven't seen Penn State play this year, other than when they were beating Iowa by like thirty. So not a great game. The Duke, I didn't get to see the Duke Notre Dame ending either. Uh, the Ohio State Notre Dame game was a great game. I think mm-hmm. that would probably be in the uh, the top three for me thus far. And then I'm just really it- excited to watch college football this weekend. Like that's really what it boils down to. I haven't gotten to do it. I'm excited to do it. I, I got to tell you, I don't think I've seen a Big Ten team play except for Ohio State in the Notre Dame game, and I didn't get to watch that entire game. So, well, you did get to see Purdue and Rutgers play. That's true. That's true. I did get to see two Big Ten teams play against Virginia Tech. Um, so this that leads us into this. Teams you are secretly rooting for this year in college football. Um, so as you guys know, and as you guys give me a lot of trouble for, uh, I love Ole Miss. I love Lane Kiffin. I love their powder blue. And if you go ahead and you look, um, they're still very much in the thick of things for not only the SEC West, where they are currently third and hold a win over the LSU Tigers, but they're also very much in the race for the college football playoff. Um, some things would obviously have to happen. But they're in that race sitting at five and one. Got a little bit of a tough schedule coming up, um, but excited about Ole Miss. They go to Auburn this weekend, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, Georgia, UL Monroe, and at Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Um, But what I have absolutely loved watching and reading and re-watching this year is the Pac-12. At the beginning of the year, my hot take was that there would be five teams representing the top 15 from the Pac-12. I think they're going to finish with four, but it has been such a fun conference top to bottom. You have teams that stand out as you know potentially some of the best teams in the country in Washington and Oregon. You have fun dark horses in Oregon State, Washington State, UCLA, and a pesky Arizona who made the JP poll for you Josh Pate listeners out there this week. And then you have great villains. You always need villains in USC, in Colorado. Um, it has just, in my opinion, it's been the most fun conference this entire year. So I don't know if I'm rooting for any of those teams. I love Washington and Oregon. I, I love the Oregon State comeback story since they've been left out of the party for conference realignment. Um, but it's just been a fun conference. I was going to say, and that does not even talk about Utah. You left out Utah, did leave out which, Utah. which is a top 15 team right now. And uh, they own the state of Florida. Uh, Let's see. Who are my sneaky teams that I secretly root for this year? Um, I am definitely not on the North Carolina train. I'm just going to say it right now. There are a lot of people out there who are speculating on the North Carolina Tar Heels and their uh, ability to not only win the ACC championship, but make the college football playoff. Um, this is more so just a, a personal thing. I don't, I don't want to see them make it. 
Um, you might see them at plus 7,000 and say, hey, that's great value. Um, I will not encourage any behavior there. Um, but a team that I am interested to see uh, how the rest of their season goes is Oklahoma. Those folks who wear the crimson and cream. Now, Oklahoma, rest of their schedule. You know how sometimes you look up, like you'll, you'll type in Oklahoma football and it'll auto-populate with the schedule and the Google results? The Google, the Google way of showing you a schedule is the worst. Literally, literally fix that so bad. You, you try to expand it and it shows you games from 2018. Um, UCF in Norman this weekend at Kansas at Oklahoma State, the final Bedlam game. Boo. West Virginia at home, BYU in Provo, and TCU at home to end the season. Uh, do you not see 12-0 and on the schedule? I, I see nothing but 12-0, and which is scary. Um, but no, I, I, I think – I was shocked. I, I have to tell you, I was shocked that they beat Texas. I, I really was. Um, and I think that kind of got glossed over this year. Um, at the beginning of the year, I was kind of saying, look, I, I don't, I don't see anybody beating Texas after they beat Alabama. Um, but, um, no, I, I think, are, 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 are you really not going to say Notre Dame though, for teams that, for teams that you're sneaky rooting for here? And that's nothing against you at all. I like Notre Dame too. I don't think anything is sneaky about that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing, there's nothing. They're, on my, about they're that. on my card every single week. Uh, Notre Dame minus the points. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll say one more team, and I'll probably get flack for this too. I am so my former boss at uh, at Twilio went to Alabama. He was a senior the first year that they won the national championship, and I would I think it would be really fun if Alabama just sticks it to everybody. You lose week two. You lose an out-of-conference game for the first time in what seems like forever, and you come back out and you find a way to get back in the college football playoff. It's absolutely doable. Uh, they're they're playing Tennessee and LSU back-to-back over the next two weeks. Um, Going to be really fun games to watch. And then you finish the season with Kentucky, Chattanooga, and at uh, the Fighting Hugh Freezes in Auburn. Um, I think that it would be pretty damn cool because I think that their recipe for being successful the rest of the year is to play murder football like they did from 2009 to 2000, basically up until they got to attack of Iloa. Um, Cause they just don't have the quarterback to go out there and throw for, you know, 300, 400 yards. So um, kind of rooting for Alabama. I kind of am. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, I I'd, I'd think it's pretty cool to see the save and rain um, continue. People probably hate hearing that. Um, you know what? You know what I kind of want to talk about right now that we can add and we could refer to this easily. Yeah, let's check in on hot wings and hotter takes and and kind of do like a mid season check in on some of the takes that are aging well. Why not? All right. So this is this is the toughest one so far. BRM. This was the very first take of Sons of Saturday. Hot wings and hotter takes. The Hokies will have more wins on the road than at home. Bad, bad take. Bad take. Khalil Herbert will have over 1,000 yards this season and be a top seven fantasy running back. Khalil Herbert was having a great year. I know he got hurt a few weeks ago. It looks like he has 400 
33 yards. Is this correct? 272 yards. Close. Okay. No, he's on the IR. He's on the IR, though. He's on my IR on fantasy. So TBD. He's going to need to turn into uh, basically, you know, Gale Sayers for the last eight weeks of the season to get to 1,000. All right, Bill. These ones look pretty good. Um, Pac-12 champion will go to the CFP. Yep. Pac-12 finishes. You might get five, two. You might get the runner up there, too. Games, maybe. This one was brutal. Brennan Armstrong and Riley Leonard finished with more combined yards and touchdowns than Drake May and Jordan Travis. Bad. Drake May and Jordan Travis are both probably top five in the Heisman odds right now. Um, Riley Leonard is awesome. Brennan Armstrong is uh, the inverse of that. He's benched. He's not even playing anymore. South Carolina finishes 500 or worse. That is looking pretty solid. Okay. Uh, here's Pat. Over six and a half interceptions from the four Ds. The four Ds were Derek Jones, Derek Canteen, Dorian Strong, Monster Delane. Dorian Strong has one. Derek Canteen has one. So we got we got a ways to go. Over 17 and a half sacks from APR, Burgos, and <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Lawson. This take got crushed. I mean, AP, APR bad. might get it himself. APR, yeah, this one's probably trending well. Uh, okay. These two are also still alive. 2023 finishes with a three-way tie atop the big 10 East. All three of these teams will be 11 and one and seven and one in conference causing a chaotic tiebreaker. We will find out in episode one on Saturday night in Columbus, uh, where Penn state goes to take on the Buckeyes. Uh, but that is a, uh, a three-way, uh, home team wins with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. And then this one was pretty good, I think. The winning quarterback of the LSU-Florida State game wins the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Both of them are still in it. Um, I know Caleb Williams losing last week definitely uh, took a lot of uh, air out of his tires within the Heisman race. Let's see. Anything else of... uh... I have the article up. So you also said Daquan Wright, uh, third team, all ACC, probably not going to happen this year. Um, moving on to Bryce Chalkley. Tootin runs for a thousand yards. I almost want to, so he's at 360 right now. He's a leading rusher on the team. I almost want to just give this one to Bryce because Basial Tootin has done everything he can to rush for 1000 yards. He hasn't gotten uh, a ton of help. Um, but uh, Basial Tootin has been fan- nothing short of fantastic this year. Ollie Jennings, 10 receiving touchdowns. That won't hit, unfortunately. Since since we have like a ton of takes left between Bryce Griffin and Rieger, let's just read, read the highlights. Some, let's read some highlights here. Um, no SEC in the national championship game. I think this one is still alive, Bryce. Griffin, how about well, this? Hold on. Brock Bowers, I fully believe Brock Bowers would have been at the uh, Heisman finalist. Uh, ceremony if he did not get hurt he yes. was incredible this year um really bummed to see that he got hurt one of the uh one of the better takes on here from bryce griffin his first take we have a four game win streak that lands us in the top 25 at some point in, uh, during the season and um, the games were wake louisville syracuse and boston college this take is still alive now are they going to put and a six and four 
Virginia Tech team in the top 25? Very unlikely. Um, but this is college football where anything can happen. Tech defense forces at least 18 tur- turnovers. Got a long way to go there. Kyron Drone starts at least three games. Alabama loses three games. No. And they could the- if they lose the next two. The next two games they have are losable. Um, I don't think it'll happen, but I wouldn't call that one dead yet. Yeah, that one's still alive. I, I just think Alabama's very much, um, you know, 1A, 1B, Georgia, Alabama here as it's been. Chris Riegerd, D-Block will be back. The, the safeties will be the strongest unit on the team and lead the team in takeaways. This this is a pretty solid take. Yeah, that's a solid bad. take. I, um, That is a solid take. I, I would say probably our safeties and our defensive backs as a whole, honestly, have been the, the highlight of the defense so far. Uh, I will not read the next two. <laughs> and then uh, Ohio State will finish outside the top 10. I don't know if I see that happening. Florida State plays for the national championship. Uh, still alive. So I, I would say half of these takes are still alive. Yeah. Uh, we definitely brought our A game to Hot Wings and Hotter Takes this year. The ones last year were were pretty uh, pretty, bo- uh, pretty brutal. Pretty bad. Um, what do you hate? Talk to me. Uh, I'm trying to jump back into our doc because I jumped into 15 different windows here. Okay. Then in the meantime, I'm going to talk to you guys about our friends over at Benny Marzano's. (laughs) We received a lot of feedback. Positive. I think, I think it was mostly positive in regards to Billy Ray here eating pizza off of the ground at Saturday's game. Um, And it sounds like this will not be the last time this happens. It actually sounds like most, if not all, Sons of Saturday listeners will actually be buying pizza around Section 5 at the next (laughs) home just to leave it on the ground to see how many slices Billy Ray Mitchell puts down that have been uh, taken bites of and left out on the ground. Yes. Now, Benny's... As you guys know, or if this is the first time finding out, official pizza of downtown Blacksburg, Benny Marzano's, was founded by Zach and Chris, who are both Hokie alums from the class of 2006. They founded Benny's in 2011. Ever since Benny Marzano's was founded in Blacksburg, the 28-inch pizza is making its way up and down the coast. Now, there's there's like about 30 here. Two are under construction right now. We got one in Alexandria. So all the 703-571 Nova Hokies can get in on that. And then also Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which may be one of the more northernmost Benny's locations uh, as far as the you know metropolis of the D.C., Baltimore, Philly, New York, you know, Route 95. Marconi's, De Nicola's, Adelina's, Soldado's, Carpetta's. Oh, reading all the, you know, it's Benny plus Italian last name. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> what we got. We got plenty of Bennies up and down the coast, but um, head on down, whether it's Marzano's in Blacksburg, whether it's Capalago's in Manassas, Tesoro's in Nags Head, Outer Banks, or Palmetto's in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Go to Benny's. Mention the Sons of Saturday uh, when you're ordering for $5 off of your pie. It's a 28-inch pie, and it's going to be $5 less if you tell them we sent you. Uh, We love our friends down at 
Benny's. Um, quick, because uh, I, I have this before. I hate this. Any future bets that are in the freezer right now? Uh, the first one you poo-pooed on, um, which is fine. I am a holder of uh, – I think it's good value. You can shake your head – you can shake your head all you want. I, I plus seven thousand is good value. You're telling me if I put twenty five bucks on it, I can win seven hundred seventeen hundred dollars. I'm in. Um, you I, I, okay. You, you I, I, just, I have I thought you were better than that. Uh, well, you know, I'm sorry. I, I like money. Um, and I like I think good quarterbacks speak. I don't think they're going to win the national championship, but if they do, Mama's getting a new pair of shoes. I am holding UNC to win the college football playoff at plus seven thousand. Um, I am also holding a much, a much more, uh, financially, uh, obligated ticket for the Hokies to win over five games. Um, you, you have, have it, at, you have it at five or five and a half. I got I, it at five. I have it at five and a half. And I got to tell you, it's going to be a sweaty November. <laughs> I have it at five. Feel really good about it. Um, you probably have better odds than me. I, I think I got it at uh, minus one twenty, um, but That's pretty good. Hokies to win five games. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings, the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM. Tyler Av in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. I hate this. This is the I hate this uh, segment of the podcast. This is somewhat related to Virginia Tech, but it happens across the country. Something happens, and it stays that way for a period of time. That thing changes. We owe so-and-so an apology. Shut up. Shut up. Stop. That is casual clown malarkey that people do. It drives me insane. This happens every year with every fan base across the country. Perfect example. Deion Sanders. There's no way he can win. He's a fraud. He starts winning. Oh, my God. Everyone that said he couldn't win is a loser. We owe Deion Sanders an apology. Deion Sanders loses a few games. Up, oh, look, told you, told you he'd lose. You owe me an apology because he sucks now. Snip, snap, snip, snap. It's like the office. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. How is it happening at Virginia Tech? I think we were pretty critical about play calling on offense, gap integrity on defense. Body language of the football football team. Virginia Tech comes out against Pittsburgh, plays a brand of football that we have never seen them play under this staff. They compete well against Florida State. They beat Wake Forest. And then it's, up. Oh, we owe everyone an apology. No, we don't. No, we don't. We have been presented with new data, and we are acting off of the new data. That's it. That is it. We don't always have to apologize to somebody. Things change. People are not the same. 
The Margaret that shows up to work that did not have coffee and the dog ran away in the morning may be a different Margaret that shows up to the office on Tuesday when she went and she was able to get her coffee and her dog welcomed her out the door with a couple of licks on her shins. Okay? Things change. You react to what you can see. That's my message. That drives me crazy. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, I I wasn't critical of Kyron Jones. I just trusted the staff. They went with Grant Wells and I planted my flag in Grant Wells because I, you know, I thought that Grant Wells was the better quarterback. Grant Wells, after seeing Kyron Jones play for this team, not the better quarterback. Kyron Jones is the better quarterback. This does not mean that I do not like Kyron Jones or I owe Kyron Jones an apology. I'm, I'm not going to call myself Kyron Jones's number one fan, but I'm really excited that he's one of us and he's on our football team. Like it's, it is, it is. And this does not mean I need to dunk on Grant Wells either. And I don't think people need to do that on, on the internet. That's not going to stop them. They're going to do that. If Kyron Jones has a bad game, I am not going to dunk on Kyron Jones. I'm going to support whoever the heck is under center or behind center for this football team wearing maroon. And that's it. And that's how it's always been. It's really not that hard of a concept. I, I don't know why it's so challenging to wrap our brains around this. Something else that I hate. We saw this at Ole Miss uh, when Ole Miss beat LSU at home. We saw this happen to Caleb Williams after Caleb Williams lost to Notre Dame. And it is some snot nose loser. They typically all have the same haircut. They typically have pimples and they typically are wearing a polo that is way too big for them. It looks like a dress and they run up to them with their camera and they talk smack to players. We saw this happen at UVA when coach Foster uh, lost at UVA. Rich Eisen said this so perfectly on uh, on his show, available on Roku for free. Millennials are just... Uh, did he call, he, he called them millennials? He did. Maybe it's Gen Z. Probably I mean, it's Gen Z. Gen, listen, listen, Rich Eisen. I'm a millennial. I'm 28 years old, okay? I'm not doing that on Saturday. Um, we, definitely have, we, definitely, we definitely have some friends that would have done something like that. Or not friends, some people in our orb. Or in, in, I'm saying when people are in college... Let's not nitpick. Yes, they are Gen Z. I'm saying when they're in college, when we were in college, there were some people that we hung out with in college that would have done that. That's a fact. Let's 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 not let's not get all high and mighty here. Kids act like kids a lot. Stop. <laughs> Give me a break. Kids are going to be kids, but he 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 makes a generalization about millennials, which you know people in Rich Eisen's Eisen's generation like to do. All I'm going to say is, Rich, this is more of a Gen Z thing than a millennial thing. Now, if you're a Gen Z listener, this is not personal. Um, <laughs> Pat's Pat's feeling. Uh, Pat, is this Pat personal? Is, Pat is triggered. Um, but Pat, you would never do this. But he said millennials or Gen Z or whoever you would like to call them are just a little too comfortable. And I agree. I would literally offer services for free to go represent a player who just absolutely, I don't condone violence, but I do in this situation, absolutely just leveled a kid that did this. Uh, it, it, is, it is so not funny. It is so not cool. It is so loser 
and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And it happens far too often. If I see a tech person do this, I'm not going to level them. I will give them a stern talking to. Um, so that drives me nuts. One more thing, because I know you have a, a, a point on Caleb Williams. I saw this on Virginia Tech's Barstool a couple weeks ago. Um, cover your kids' ears. Don't throw shit. Don't throw stuff in the stadium. It's not funny. It's, 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 it's actually rather annoying. Um, and we saw this at the UNC game in 2021. Some idiot in the stands threw a chicken wing, uh, uneaten chicken wing, by the way. Some people aren't able to eat, and you're throwing full chicken wings down the entire stadium. Are you kidding me? Um, it's not funny to throw stuff. You look like an idiot. Uh, and I yeah. will call you an idiot if I see you do it. Sorry, I'm getting I'm I'm getting fired up on on this Wednesday. Here's what here's what happened. It, it was the Boston College game last year, and uh, a turkey leg hit a poor girl, pretty much between the eyes. Um, and then Billy Ray saw the turkey leg on the ground, and he said, "Hey, <laughs> is anyone going to eat this?" <laughs> he said, "Hey, I don't care. You know, I don't care if she's injured." I'm hungry and, and and that looks like it's still warm. So I'm ready to consume that turkey leg. That, that's, that was that's good. What, that's that was what good. But yeah, don't throw stuff. That sucks. And if you're a friend of someone that's throwing stuff, reprimand them. Again, not condoning violence, but there's nothing funny about that. Hopefully you're not friends with that person and you're not. Yeah. yeah. Caleb Williams. I saw this. I don't know how much validity there is to it, but I did see it popping up everywhere. He reportedly wants partial ownership stake of the team that selects him in the 2024 NFL draft. If he declares per pro football talk, the representatives of Caleb Williams have been making it known to prospective agents that Williams wants partial ownership of the team that selects him in 2024. If he declares for the draft. I can just, when did Caleb Williams become LeBron James? When did Caleb Williams become Michael Jordan? When did Caleb Williams become bigger than the game? I just, I just don't, I don't love this. You know, Pat, I tried. I saw this on the dock and um, in the back of my head, my, my, I, I can't stand Skip Bayless, but there was like this Skip Bayless infection that was like, how can I zag Pat here? And I can't, I hate it. I can't stand it. Um, I, I can't stand that Caleb Williams paints his fingernails with bleep, whatever team he's playing. I'm, I'm not crazy about Caleb Williams. I'll got to tell you, if I'm a GM in the NFL, I'm more interested in Drake May than I am Caleb Williams. You can go ahead and you can go look at Caleb Williams and how he's performed against top teams. Uh, he puts up numbers against bad football teams. He has incredible arm talent um, and is just an athletic specimen, but um, a little bit of a prima donna. A little bit of a little bit of a prima donna. Um, and yeah, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. So um, yeah, I hate that too. Well, did you know um, did you know this that Caleb Williams is is zero and fifteen against or sorry, zero and six against top fifteen teams. Not good. Bad stat. Bad stat. Bad defense. Um shout out to our guy Chris Jones. It looks like his kid just won some sort of championship in T ball. Um, so shout out to them. Um, college football dialogue discussion. I don't have any notes for this. I just, I just brought the quote, um, to have a dialogue about 
He says, college football has become a gigantic cesspool of miserable jerks, fans and media, Twitter and in person. That team sucks. That team hasn't played anybody. That team is boring. That team is soft. Wins are not celebrated. They're ruthlessly picked apart. There's always more to talk about on the losing team than the winner. Inducing anger and clicks is almost always the goal. No conversation had, just disrespect given. Why be a constant theme of thief of joy? Why not celebrate the pageantry of sport we all grew up loving? This is supposed to be fun. Pat. This is not a college football pro, uh sorry, this is not a college football problem. This is a everything in 2023 problem that is bubbled up because of social media and more people having a voice than they should. I think that's it. I don't even think I think that puts a bow on it. That's how life is these days. Um, you know, sports, politics, really anything. Uh it is who can who can be on a high horse and, and call someone out. So um Enjoy the fun, enjoy the moments and the spectacle of the sport that you absolutely love and that, uh, you know, you may have been raised on and know that college football is always going to be like that. That's all I have to say. But this is this is a microcosm of how things are in life in 2023. Someone's always got to pull someone else down. So I'm not I don't want to look too far into it. No, I I really appreciated the tweet. I um. I think we catch a lot of flack a lot of the time because, you know, I think a lot of people enjoy dunking on or quite frankly, saying things to players and coaches that they would never say to their face, unless you were one of those 18 year olds who rush up to them with a phone. Um, So I guess in a way that's courageous. I still wish that somebody would knock you out. Um, But love that tweet. Very well put. Uh, And yes, it does align with many of the things that are going on in today's world. Um, But to turn the page, and we're coming up to the end here. It has turned into, oh my God, get me to basketball. I cannot wait until basketball. Where is basketball? Mike Young and Kenny Brooks save our life. To, you know what? Football's kind of fun right now. Basketball's also coming up. Can't wait for that either. Um, and that's where we are. So, uh, Ed and Mike are back with the Hokey Hoops pod. If you haven't listened to it yet, it is the podcast before this one. So go ahead and check them out. But we're going to do a really quick just, hey, here are some things that are going on um, that you might want to want to see. So start with the men's team. Ken Palm currently has the Hokies ranked as 65th. They are nestled in betwixt West Virginia and South Carolina. We do play South Carolina in Charlotte this year. So that is where we are currently ranked. The fan experience elements were released December 3rd versus Louisville, an orange out January 23rd versus Boston College blackout and red panda, a tradition unlike any other January 29th versus Duke. It's a whiteout. It's on big Monday. Jay Billis and the crew hopefully will be in the Berg. February 19th versus UVA. We have a maroon out, and it is on what, Patrick? It is also on Big Monday. We got double dose of Big Monday, Jan 29, Feb 19. Put it in your calendar. Buy your tickets. See you in Blacksburg. Uh, We talked about the South Carolina game. I'm fired up for Charlotte. 
It's going to be an epic Virginia Tech sports-filled weekend. You got the girls playing Caitlin Clark and Iowa. I always like to say Iowa like that because Iowa does it. Iowa on Thursday, Friday night, same building, 9.30 p.m., South Carolina. A lot of Hokie fans out there, a lot of Gamecock fans out there. And then Saturday, come hang out with us. We'll we'll do a game watch somewhere, perhaps. Uh, it'll be casual. We'll put it on Twitter. Casual game watch somewhere for Virginia Tech at Boston College. My dad has booked his flight from Charlotte to Boston on Saturday morning. How many Hokies will be at all three games? Uh, I guess we will find out. Uh, we also have Wofford on November 19th, which is the Sunday after the NC State game, Senior Day. Uh, so that'll be 5 p.m. on Sunday, the 19th of November. And then the Thanksgiving tournament. We kick things off. This is in Orlando, Florida, uh, at Disney's facility. Boise State on Thanksgiving Day. Then Iowa State and uh, VCU, whoever wins that game. That'll be exciting if we got to play VCU. We've played Iowa State like a surprisingly – large amount of times over the past decade in basketball, it seems like. And then hopefully in the finals, we can oh, play Texas A&M or Penn State or FAU or Butler. I'm hoping it's Texas A&M. Uh, we go to Auburn in late, late November, early December. I'll be there. Like a Wednesday game, ACC, SEC challenge. And the ACC tournament kicks off. In D.C. this year, March 12th through the 16th. Say that again. The ACC tournament's in D.C. Let's go. Yeah, that's that's going to be highly populated from folks wearing orange and maroon. Let's you know, it would be fun to cut down some nets and see some more orange confetti. Love to see it. John Rothstein here with a Rothstein reaction. This was I got to tell you, if you're not if you're not if you are not subscribed to John Rothstein on Twitter, you are doing Twitter incorrectly. Um, he says Mike Young tells me that this is the deepest perimeter that he's had at Virginia Tech. Hokies returned two perimeter starters in Sean Padula and Hunter Couture, who have combined to score just under eighteen hundred career points. I also want to pull a receipt out. I love receipts. Uh, if you have Twitter Blue, you have the ability to create folders of bookmarks, and I do have. You could be listening right now, and I could have fifteen bookmarks of you ready to pull out at any moment. I'm actually not going to give away the names of the people who tweeted these things, but a lot of people, a lot of people are saying, many people were saying, Rodney Rice, that guy's in the transfer portal. He's out of here. That guy's never going to play at Virginia Tech. That guy is gone. Well, guess what? Rodney Rice is on the roster, and I think that is going to make a huge difference for Sean Padula not having to shoulder. 100% of the weight at the point guard position. So um, really excited about that. Really excited that he's coming back. I'm excited to see the growth of him over this year. So uh, that does it for men's basketball. Let's talk about women's basketball. Teaser, I have declared war on Charlie Cream today. We'll save that for the end. But the preseason hype train is all the way underway. The Hokies women's basketball team is ranked eighth in the preseason AP poll. They are first or the highest ranked ACC team ahead of Notre Dame at 10 and North Carolina at 16, Louisville at 17, and Florida State at 18. Georgia Amore is in the top 20 for the Nancy Lieberman Award, which is the top point guard in America, ours by way of Australia. 
Kelly Gramlich also listed Liz and Georgia as the top duo in the ACC. I freaking love the ACC network, man. I, they, they rock. They're the best. Um, what do you got for the women's team? Iowa game. I mean, it's Caitlin Clark. You guys saw how many folks Iowa had in Kinnick Stadium in like an was it an exhibition game? It was like a scrimmage, or like yeah, it was like a, a intra squad scrimmage, and it was cold. I, it was windy. I gotta tell you, do not ever question a Big Ten fan base. You mm-hmm. saw eighty thousand at Nebraska women's volleyball. You see, might have been fifty. Might have it, it was. Tens of thousands of people at this Iowa game outside in Iowa in October. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be cool to, to meet some Iowa fans that weekend. Uh, we have not talked about how zero home games for Virginia Tech women's basketball are nationally televised by ESPN. I uh, totally got screwed, if you ask my opinion. We Meanwhile, we have like six or seven road games that are going to be on ESPN, um, but no one's going to be able to see. How freaking awesome Castle Coliseum is uh, rooting on uh, Virginia Tech and the Queens of Castle. Clown show over at ESPN. Absolute clown show. We love ACC Network, but ESPN's a clown show. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Kenny Brooks. (laughs) The Kenny Brooks show saw it was very well attended this week. That's awesome. People are fired up. People are excited. I mean, how could you not be? Uh, Love that team. Love that staff. Rutgers. November, November, no, December. It's December 17th, Virginia Tech at Rutgers. This is one of those nationally televised games on ESPN. We bought like 100, 150 tickets to that game. If you are going to go and see Virginia Tech play at Rutgers in women's basketball on that night, it's a Sunday night, do not buy our tickets yet. Buy them through us. We have plenty. We bought out a section. It's going to be awesome. We might do t-shirts as well. Uh, I am extremely excited for it. We'll put more information out on the internet over the coming days. Other than that, I know we had some questions here. Oh, wait, I got one thing. Um, In the blue corner is Billy Ray Mitchell, and in the red corner is Charlie Cream. For those of you unfamiliar, Charlie Cream is basically the Joe Lenardi of women's basketball, and I'm going to read you this excerpt of an article that he put out the article had the headline photo was Georgia Amor and it was best schedules and worst schedules in college basketball, women's college basketball this year. Chuck says he starts, he starts this article by saying playing two final four teams in Iowa and LSU in November is appealing. Now you'd think, okay, he just said that Virginia Tech is playing two teams that were in the final four last year. So he's probably going to say the schedule is good, right? Nope. Chuck continued. But Kansas is the only other opponent that is a likely candidate for the NCAA tournament at large bid. The Hokies play five games against teams that averaged 288 in the net a year ago. Houston Christian, UNC Greensboro, Long Island, Radford, and William & Mary Tribe. That's too many games in which Virginia Tech won't be tested. Respectfully, Chuck respectfully uh me and you are going to be going at it this year okay if this is how you're starting the season and you're somehow poo-pooing on virginia tech schedule when they have scheduled to play iowa at lsu lsu on the road iowa at a neutral site uh and they play in the acc which is if not the best one of the best conferences in the country pertaining to women's basketball chuck me and you are going to go to war this year um i wish you nothing but the best 
Um, but uh, we got beef, brother. We it was beef. an it was an absolutely egregious article. We got beef. The article was called the title, and it's a picture of Georgia Amore. The best and worst schedules in women's college basketball. I don't even see in that title non-conference schedules. I just see schedules. Well, guess who he works for, Pat? Who does he work for? Where's the article? Clownshow.com? <laughs> Clownshow.com, right? Yep, ESPN.com. Thomas Crean. Um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't know. I don't have personal problems with Tom Crean. I just think he wrote a bad article. That's it. Charlie Cream, not Tom. Charlie, Cream. whatever. Uh, Tom Crean coached in Indiana. Sorry, uh, that's a that's an easy mix up. Um, yeah, I just I just I just don't know how you how you can how you can rationalize this. You can't. It it, you can't. it, it is what we call clickbait. Yes, and consider us baited. Congratulations, um, you have our attention. Um, but this will not be the last battle. No, no. Um, as you promised, hokey haikus that deserve uh, some attention. Uh, Jeff Brillhart, that play we all hate. Drones drags ball in Tootin's gut. Get rid of it now. And Griffin Parker, Kyron is the man. Hokies dominate at home. Let's just keep winning. I I, I couldn't agree more. I'm fired up for this next the, the, the this shout out. This was this was really cool. Our guy Rich. Rich Luttenberger got to hang out with him at the, uh, the spring jam and the, for those to come golf tournament uh, at Roanoke country club earlier this year. And also got to see rich at the Rutgers game. Now rich was fired up when Billy Ray did like a Dax Hollifield exit interview earlier this year. Dax was talking about the push, the push mower mentality. And it seems like rich has brought that push uh, I can't say it, push mower mentality uh, to the classroom because Rich is a teacher. He had one of his students write an entire essay uh, in regards to <laughs> life and how the push mower and the lawn mower mentality is not only just a phrase, but a way of life. Dax Hollifield's inspiration passed on to Rich Luttenberger's inspiration, passed on to an unnamed student who crushed an essay. Rich, I hope you gave him an A+. plus. Shout out to the push mower mentality. All you guys out there, Billy Ray, what is, uh, what is one with the push mower mentality? What do they have? They got grit. They're not sitting up on their high horse. They're not pouring gasoline into their thing. And Actually, I feel bad because I know our guy O'Neal likes to listen to the Hokies on the radio and sit on his lawnmower, but he may have a really large lawn. But there's something to be said about pushing your mower around your lawn and taking care of your lawn yourself. That's it. Love it. That's it. Patrick uh, Bowers, letters from the lunch pail. P. Bow Wow says, what's the plan with Ollie Jennings? I don't know what the plan is with Ollie Jennings. Drink milk, get healthy, catch 15 touchdowns next year. I mean, in theory, if if he's ready, can he play in two games in the end of the year and still get a red shirt? I, I believe so, because so. uh, so. he only played what a half against uh, Purdue. I don't really know how it counts, um, but I, I would love to see him come back. Um, through coach, t- through talking with Coach Holmes, I believe that everybody on the offense is eligible to come back. Uh, every single contributor. So awesome. I know. So. 
Best um, case best case scenario, Ollie Jennings plays against UVA and plays in the bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Barnes. Eric Barnes has had the same AV forever. It's some sort of soccer situation. Uh, is the turnaround sustainable? I don't see why not. Um, we haven't won games by mistake. Uh, we play look against Pittsburgh and against Wake Forest, we played complimentary football. Uh, in both games, the offense has still not really figured it out in the first quarter. That's probably the biggest issue that needs to be resolved. We need to figure out how to come out of the gate swinging. Every team that we play from here on out is absolutely beatable. Absolutely beatable. Um, home game against NC State. Home game against Syracuse. I'll say it. Home game against UVA. Um, so I don't see why not. I, I don't see why it wouldn't be sustainable. Um so- can can you can you tell me are there any psychological incentives that you would try to offer this team if they can score 10 points in a first quarter or like is this a uh a I'm trying to think like negative reinforcement versus positive reinforcement. If they don't score in the first quarter, are you making them do sprints versus hey, if you guys score in the first quarter, you know, uh Benny's and R&R Wellness pizza party um you know with cash you know. <laughs> i i definitely don't think a money, you, gun. money I def- gun i definitely don't think that you can um hey guys we won but the offense didn't score enough points so we're gonna run sprints i don't i don't think i don't think that that's a winning recipe um i do think that a, a pizza I, literally when you mentioned it i was thinking like chuck e cheese road trip or uh or pizza <laughs> for everybody if we score 10 points so chuck e cheese road trip um eric barnes is the turn? Uh, no, A. A. Ron. What is Tech's record after a bye the last ten years? I got to tell you, A. A. Ron. Um, look, this was this wasn't really a question. It was more of a homework assignment. Um, basically, I mean this this information is easily uh, is easily accessible. Um, I didn't look. Why it up. Why, you- why, why, why are you crushing our guy A. A. Ron? Dude? I mean, I, look, what's our record after a bye the last 10 years? I would have had to go through the exact same exercise that he went through. I would have to go to ESPN. I'd have to look at all his schedules and, and count them up. I, I didn't do it. That's nothing against A. A. Ron. It's just, you know, it's, it's not really a question that we're weighing in on. It's more of like a, hey, can you pull this? Can you pull this data? So you're trying to see so what you're telling me is A.A. Ron's never writing in ever again. No, no. <laughs> all right. All right. A.A. Ron, you reach out to us. We're going to do a Chuck E. Cheese party for you uh, for, for the trouble. I'm sorry. That's I, I, I looked it up. Aggressive. Yeah, it did. I looked it up. Virginia Tech is three and 10 coming off a of bye since 2016. And then Jay Herman said, yo, those numbers don't add up. And then I sent a screenshot. And I was like, I know they don't. I think they're accounting for by week i'm not really sure or sorry uh by week in a bowl game yeah i i'm that's what i'm thinking but yeah we have not if you include bowl games we have not won off a buy since 2020 and we are three and ten since 2016 so the answer is not good which means team needs to hang out and lay low this weekend stay extra focused because there's a pizza party on the line and sprints are also on the line. We got Syracuse coming in Thursday night. Listen, they get two Saturdays off in a row. Uh, or I guess cool. they get, they get to watch ball, which is awesome. <laughs> so, but Hey, I say to this team, you guys got to earn 
that Saturday on the couch watching ball after you, you meet mm-hmm. Syracuse. Cavalier squirrel. Fun, Cavalier, <laughs> Cavalier squirrel. Skittles, lime or sour apple. Uh, I think I got to go with sour apple. I'm with you there. Um, if I'm going for something uh, that's lime, I'm probably going to go with um, – I'm probably going to, I don't really, I, I gotta be honest. I don't really eat candy that, that kind of candy. I love chocolate. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't really do that. If I'm going for lime, I'm probably doing sour patch kids, but I don't really eat that kind of stuff. I think Twizzlers, Twizzlers suck. That's all I have to say about that kind of candy. If you like Twizzlers, I don't, I don't really understand why. Say, um, I'm going as Jim Harbaugh for Halloween. I have not ordered anything. I hope it arrives in time. Uh, maybe that's what I'll do here before bed. Uh, order some some Michigan gear. Uh, if anyone has anything discounted, maybe a discounted code from Fanatics. Um, Billy, you were a little spicy on the pod tonight. Uh, I, I was. Uh, um, was. I was. I was. Um, I took a nap today. I'm getting over the Blacksburg fog. Um, and uh, no, I should be in a happy mood. We've got basketball coming up. Tom Crean, quite frankly, kind of pissed me off today. Um, but uh, we'll be okay. We'll be all right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys after this bye week. We'll do another fun episode like this. I think it's Stephen Gosnell coming on tomorrow. Yeah, you broke the news. Uh, we got a couple of student athlete interviews tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Uh, Stephen Gosnell, and we'll leave the other one as a secret. But um, you guys have a great rest of your week. See you in Blacksburg soon. to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh i know just what you're thinking please don't go just let it sink and trash my friend's place wake up the next day Take a hit, it's stop.